Good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Welcome to episode 230. Sorry for not recording last Friday after the game in Servet. It was my first week back at work on full-time hours and I was absolutely cooked. Um, but we're back today. It's Monday evening. Roma have won another game in Serie A. And they've done it. And away from home. In this week's episode, we'll be talking about the game away in Servet. Have Roma screwed up their Europa League qualifications by not finishing top? And then we'll be talking about the yesterday comeback in Sassuolo as Roma travelled to the map A and one two one thanks to two late goals after a, a Daniel Balocca red card. With me tonight, all the way from Canada, is Joey. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Scott? Yeah, all good. We are recording this on a different platform because Zencaster. Um, we are no longer with them because they were charging a money to record and to to do stuff on their podcast. So we're using StreamYard. So this is me blind uh, leading the blind to the blind for this. But I'm all good. Um, it was a bit sad over the weekend. I was a bit shattered. It was um, it was my dad's memoriam, and it was other people's memoriams over the uh, on Saturday. Um, it was all the, the people, we did a memorial for all the people that sadly passed away uh, this year. And my dad was one of them. And it was quite a good service, 45 minutes. It was really, really good service. My mate tapped me on the on the knee when he saw our dad's picture in a Swindon shirt. That set me off. But I'm all good. I'm all good. We're here to talk about um, a fun last four days for Roma, aren't we, Joey? Should we start off in um, in Switzerland? Yeah, let's uh, go straight into uh, that away match that they had. You were quite feisty when you WhatsApp me after the game. Um, I got some stats. Roma have only won once away from home this calendar year in Europe, and that was against Sheriff Terrasport. They've only won two. So they've only won away twice in the group stage in the Europa League in the last year and that was against uh hjk helsinki last november was that was that was that october was that november i think it was late october i think it was october October. yeah Yeah, because of the um the world cup so it was october and then they didn't win away in the uh the latter stages in the europa league so they they lost in salzburg Drew away at Sociedad, lost away at Feyenoord, drew away at uh, Bayer Leverkusen, drew the final, but then lost on penalties. They do count that as a draw, but not because it's after 90 minutes on penalties. And then this this season, excuse me, one away at Sheriff in Moldova, uh, lost away in the Czech Republic, and then drew away in Servette. So they've won two games in Europe away from home in the last 13 months. And that's Buffy. crazy that they made two finals. Like you would never predict, <laughs> you never predict how, but yeah, going into this game, Scott, I mean, it's, it's again, the, the same thing we've been talking about over and over of how poor they are away from home. And they showed it again against Servette. I mean, I don't think they were as bad as obviously as against Slavia, but Again, I find it was embarrassing that we didn't come up with a result. Look, would first have been likely at that case? It doesn't seem so, even if they won the game. But still, I, I just think it was another poor showing in Europe, and we couldn't muster more than a goal. We ate chances. Dybala ate a couple of chances. I, you know how much I like Dybala, and he, he missed two chances as well as Lukaku uh, for another goal. And then from that point on, we had nothing, and it just when you go look at Slavia's determination, I mean, I had their match on simultaneously because Sheriff was winning 2-1. But you see the determination by Slavia. It was just such a... I I know um, Sheriff has been uh, poor and they've been worse than 
than Servette this season. But if you look at both teams and you look away Slavia, they just kept coming over and over and over um, for chances and shots where, where Roma can muster um, two shots on target. Or was it one? Was one or two I sent it to you? And it just it just continued from then on. And when they're away from home, I'm sorry, they've looked like a mid-table Serie A team. I don't think they can't do anything right. So again, it's disappointing. I said it from the beginning, we needed to come first in that group, a group especially with Slavia Pra, Servet, and Sheriff, and we're going to come second. So I didn't like the game. I didn't like the way they played. I don't like how they, they brought themselves to pitch, and even Mourinho wasn't happy. He's saying a lot of players were superficial. I mean, I don't know how many more inaccurate crosses we got to see from Spinazzola. It just, it just, it's the same thing over and over and over again. It's uh, the definition of crazy is trying to do the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. It ain't going to work. Something with that has got to change. And unfortunately, we just saw the same thing we've been seeing all season with Roma against some of these teams where they have something to, they want to play for. They just come up short of the result that everyone wants them to get. It was frustrating to watch at times, um, but evidently Roma have qualified with 10 points, but the downside is they really should have qualified top of the table. Um, the last two games have been a hindrance away in Europe. They had three from three, so they beat Sheriff away and won the two home games. They could absolutely decimate Sheriff next week and potentially still qualify in top spot, but it needs... Is it Servet, is Servet at home or Slavia at home? It's. I think it's Slavia, and I think I think Servet need to actually win that game for Roma to be first. Okay, they can yeah. tie. Um, they can they can tie. Yes, and then Roma would have to score five, isn't it? Uh, four or five. Four yeah. or five. Yeah, I haven't looked at the table properly. I, I do like my stats, but I haven't looked properly at the table. I think <laughs> it's. I think it's four. That's what when, uh, four, when we had James yeah. on. Uh, the last podcast, he said we had three results that Roma could have achieved, and they achieved neither one, none of the three, which included a one-zero loss. Yeah, true. Um, it could have went either way. Like Roma had so many good chances in the second half. Dybala missed some good chances when he went through on one-on-one, and I was ready to celebrate. And I just thought, no, he said it straight at the keeper. I don't know if he looked cooked. He looked shattered. I don't think he should have played. He just looked. Like he was trying too hard, but I think we, with that, Scott. Sorry to interrupt. I think with yeah. that, I, I think Mourinho is losing a little bit of confidence in Belotti to uh, yeah. to get yeah. to get a goal or a result when we needed it. It seems to show, and we'll talk about more about that even in uh, Serie A. Yeah, because yesterday I thought Dybala was brilliant when he sw- when they made the halftime switch, but we'll talk about that in a moment. But they. Roma potentially will be playing the third teams that drop out of the Champions League, which is a worry for the second year in a row, isn't it, Joey? Yeah, everyone knows about our our compact schedule and especially how brutal these schedules get um, over the break and just after the holidays and adding two more matches to a team that is usually injury-riddled is not a good recipe. So it's something Mourinho and the staff are going to have to manage, but that's the problem when you come second, right? So we could have avoided those two matches in February, and ultimately we're not going to do so. We're just going to add two more matches to our already hectic schedule. So do you want to know the teams that are already in third place? Yeah, so we can far go in the Champions League. Galatasaray? Uh, Which Long. I'm scared of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to hell. Uh, Lons in France. Uh, Braga. Red Bull Salzburg. Oh, that'd be fun again. I can't believe Benfica have only got one point. And they've just Thankfully, totally Scott. <laughs> Thankfully. Uh, Feyenoord. They are, they're going to finish yeah. third because Lazio and Atletico are on the street yeah. side. Uh, Newcastle or AC Milan. They're leveled on five points. And PSG are on seven. Dortmund 10 uh, in Man City's group is Young Boys they need a point 
to get through. And then in Barcelona's group, which is quite tight, is Shakhtar Donetsk or Porto. Uh, Porto are ahead on goal difference. So. And, and Scott, they're not third right now, but, you know, uh, things can change in the last game. Even Man United can end third. Yeah, they've got four points. Um, so they've got four points. Galatasaray five. Copen- I'm hoping, Copen- Scott, for us, they end last. Like, I'm yeah. rooting against Man United because, look, I, obviously they're not having a good year, but Manchester United is Manchester United. I don't want to face them. I don't even want to face Galatasaray, to be honest. I, I think they score goals and they play teams very hard. They yeah. they, they built a pretty good squad. I, I'm worried about a lot of these teams that we play. But Marino did say, well, Scott, I'll Icardi, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Coming to the Olympico. I saw him once live and he scored a goal against Roma and he likes to score against us. So, but sure. I'll, I'll try to end on a positivity. Uh, Mourinho said in a press conference, he said to end off, this was a, pre, a pre-match or a post-match of Servette. I saw and, this. Yeah. The team that, that ends in that spot, that third spot uh, is going to be scared to play us. So, um, so he, they, they are a different animal when it comes to the knockouts. And hopefully that, although it hasn't shown defensively as much, like we're not as solid as last year, um, Mourinho's teams have a different mindset when it comes to knockouts. So we'll see once we get there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Roma plays Sheriff next Thursday and it's the early kickoff. It's the early kickoff in Rome. And like I would have thought that would have been the later kickoff, but no. Um should we talk about uh, yesterday? Oh, sorry. sorry that one, yeah, the one question. Would you uh, basically concede the match to Sheriff and rest a lot of your big players? Or would you have try to make that outside chance of making it to, to top spot? If it were me, I would be conservative. I don't think Slavia are the way they played. I would not um, risk it. I, I would not play their starters. I would just throw not throw the game but play a lot of youngsters play backups i would not feel the strong 11 throw it in italian football in europe are we back in the early 2000s <laughs> you know what i mean scott don't don't play your don't play dibala don't play lukaku maybe rest uh, a a center back or two uh start some youngsters even in the midfield maybe mm. pagano uh, i don't see roma there's a way where roma can get first place so, to me, it'd be a, an opportunity to rest a lot of your players. I was going to make a uh, say something about Genoa Venezia in two thousand five and Preziosi <laughs> in, a, in a suitcase on a podcast I was re-listening to over the weekend. I've gone back to listen to Golazzo, the totally Italian football show, uh, on uh, which I think stopped a couple of years ago. So I've been listening to vintage that. And when you said oh, throw it away, I was like. Are we going back to the, the Serie B playoff in 2005? That's a bit niche. Uh, for people who who uh, um, who wanted to know more about this, just Google, oh, it's, uh, it's a Genoa scandal in 2005. And I think Diego Melito was playing for them. But no, uh, Joey, I would go for it. You've got nothing to lose. Why not? And if you're cruising and you scored your goals that you need to, and then the, if the result is going your way, you can take the players off and just recuperate for the game. Is it Bologna afterwards, or is it Atalanta? It's Bologna, it's, uh, isn't it? Bologna. Yeah. Who I watched yesterday. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, should we talk about yesterday's game? Because I was buzzing afterwards. And with Napoli getting absolutely destroyed by Inter yesterday. Three, I didn't watch it. I was watching the cricket. Um, Roma are now in the top four. Yes, we it's, are. It's amazing. It's amazing feeling. Um, they are 11 points behind Inter or flying at the top and they are five, five points behind AC Milan and uh, Quick Maths got nine points behind Juventus. I do feel it's going to be between Inter and Juve and uh, as Nima keeps tweeting you know, Allegri in Chala. <laughs> He's going to win it with a midfielder, Rabio and Weston McKenney, uh, and Gatti at centre half, playing Allegri dinosaur ball and winning 1 0 and 2 1 every game. But Roma turned it around yesterday. They, To be honest, I jokingly put a tweet out saying that Roma actually did play 
not like a provincial side for 25 minutes yesterday. To be honest, they played pretty well, but just struggled in the final third. Then the red card happened, Boloka on that quite a bad challenge. It was on Paredes. Jose switched it, he brought on Asman, and then your favourite, who was man of the match in my eyes, got the penalty and won the goal and actually played pretty well and ran at Pedersen and Vinya. He was given this license, but Asman changed the game also because he played in that pocket space where Sassuolo played this high line and he was quite hard to mark and he drifted in and out and created quite a lot of chances. But how were you after the game? Because another away win, that's Roma's second away win this season. And you said off pod, it's five wins out of 25. Is that in all comps or just in Serie A? No, that's in all competition. This all is uh, for the uh, the calendar year, I'm pretty sure. Cal- oh, it's the calendar year. Ah, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's five. I don't remember another, the only other game I remember we winning away before Torino was maybe Spezia. So it, it's either five it was, or six. It was Spezia. That was was the Dybala and Al Shawari game. Yeah, exactly. Was that right? I think Dybala Al Shawari. I think Tammy had a nutmeg on somebody and he scored on a one on one. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, So if that game, if you want to look, it's either five or six. You you see, it's either five or six in the calendar year. Yeah, I am looking on there as well. I'm going fixtures by date. I want to put 2023 in there. Does it do the calendar year? No, it just does the half seasons. <laughs> that <laughs> helps. You have uh, to, so, but I'm pretty sure that I don't think they have another away win but besides the one we're accounting for, which is Spezia and Torino, and then we know everything. Yeah, they lost Torino, to Cremonese. Yeah. Yeah, so they lost to Cremonese. Oh. That was a bad So game. last year, yeah, we don't talk about that one. I see, I see. Venue away. Let's do this. So I'm looking at last season as well. So it's definitely five out of twenty-five. Yeah. So that's how, uh, that's what we won calendar year. We've won five away games, which is pitiful. It really is. So getting into this game, Scott, you know what? They showed a lot more against a tricky side, a side that they have problems playing, uh, especially away. I thought I'm with I'm with agreement with you. I thought they controlled the game very well. It's a it's a type of I guess football and game I want to see out of Roma and, and well besides the final third where they had a lot of the ball. They were trying to move forward. They were trying to be progressive. Uh, just the final third wasn't working. And then you see Sassuolo the very few times they come down our way. Uh, Borardi has. It wasn't a pass. It was a shot. Let's be real. It he scuffed was a, it. Yeah, it was a fortunate scuff that went back post. And I don't know. Again, it's it's an Indica Spinazzola combo because Mancini. Again, mm, I mean, he's caught flat-footed. Yeah, he, he allowed, I guess, a shot. But I mean, Scott, how is how is it a scuff shot is not picked up back post by two players? True, very true. The first people, I, the first two people I looked at were Endica and Spinazzola. Who's to blame? I would say more Endica, but that's me. I, I would definitely say more Endica than I would Spinazzola. Because he's probably anticipating someone clearing it or getting a bot, uh, getting a deflection on it. Spinazzola is just yeah, Spinazzola is anticipating it. Right, he doesn't show any hustle. I just if you look at that frame, you took the a perfect picture of who to blame. Mm. It's hard, but between the two, it's the second time that there's one guy and he's somehow not marked. This happened against Udinese as Udinese, well. Udinese, yeah. So it was so, the same sort of thing when um, the goal on Tuesday, uh, Thursday. Excuse me, uh, Cristante missing the header and getting that ball taken away from him. It's just three silly goals conceded in seven days yes. but it was a good turnaround in the end at the end in the end yes. at the end yeah. 
It definitely was. So that first half was frustrating. Then getting into the second half, this is where, uh, I mean, the red card happened and yeah, people can say challenge. what they want. I mean, I don't disagree with Dionisi. I thought it would have been very hard to mount the comeback without the red. It made it easier for us. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to hide it. It's true. But one, but the red card happened and happened. That's, that's football. I mean, that's the way it is. And then Roma, again, when the, the minute hits 75, 76, they turn into a completely different team. They have scored 13 goals this season, which is by far the most in Syria. It is uh, four more than Inter. Uh, they have scored 13 goals from the 76 minute up until the end of the game, which is absolutely crazy. Is it sustainable? No. No, it's not. <laughs> no. I'm being realistic. No. I'm True. super I'm super happy the way they played the from the uh, from the seventy fifth minute onwards and scoring those goals. Look, the penalty is a penalty. Christensen, great work to cause it. Dybala is the only person I know that has a cool head on Roma that can take penalties and you know give us a chance that we're gonna score them. And then we got the fortunate bounce. Uh I can't say that you know, Christensen scored a lovely goal, but he scored. <laughs> yes, I know it's a player I don't like, but he played a lo- he played a little bit be- better yesterday, and look what happened. He don't scored a goal. Disrespect him. <laughs> no, I won't disrespect him this game. He did he did better. Uh, I put my hands up. I'm uh, I'm guilty. I'm one of the ones who make fun of him, but he definitely made up for the inter game at least because I said, "Will he ever make up for it?" and well, he did. He got he us three massive points in a tricky away game. So was it a fortunate bounce deflection? Absolutely. But so was Berardi. Berardi's, their goal was, I mean, as fortunate we are as us. Because that, if that uh, shot isn't scuffed and he takes a normal shot, it could either be blocked, it could be saved, or it could miss the net. So same thing with our deflection. Without the deflection, would have got in? Probably not. But hey, he put himself in a good spot. He took a shot and it ended up working out for us. And Roma are just a different team when it comes, like I said, those last 15 uh, to 20 minutes. They're just a different team. The only part I don't, I love, I love that we got the win. I'm happy. I'm buzzing like you are, Scott. The only thing is that that will keep worrying me. I don't think it's uh, it's sustainable. I think this is unsustainable to keep going like this. Roma just need to, in some games, need to uh, put their foot down, dominate. I would love to see a game like Inter did to Napoli. Like that's a, it doesn't have mm-hmm, to be against yeah. the top side, but that's what I want Roma to do in an away match. We need to do that more often if we want to start thinking about top four and obviously improving on the away record. We're in prime position now. Um, I think that's unbeaten in five games in all competitions. Or is it? No, it's. Yeah, Lecce. No, in, in no four. Sorry, four in Serie A. So you had the Lecce win, the draw against Lazio, the win against Udinese, and, and then yesterday. Yeah, and it's one defeat in all of that because of the Europa League game. But it feels like something is turning. I tweeted out yesterday that there's seen in season defining moments where something clicks and changes. And I feel like that Rasmus Christensen deflected goal was one of them moments where it just come out of nowhere. He won the ball high up, cut inside, hit this left-footed deflected shot, and it just looped over Consigli. You just see it. I was like, just go in and it just completely changed the complexion of the game and the season and you see the fans behind the goal you see Mourinho celebrating on the pitch afterwards hugging every single player you even see that picture straight after the final whistle with Christensen putting the shirt over his head may have been an emotional moment for him but it seemed like it was yes yeah it seems like there's this this moment that can click and just like that it changes the complexion of the season. Do you see that from yesterday? I would have agreed with you before the whole Lecce, Lecce Slavia game, because mm-hmm. Lecce, we had this exact thing that we had with Sassuolo, although it was even later. And mm-hmm. we talked about how moments can turn a season. You know what they did Thursday? They played one of Lost. the worst teams they ever played <laughs> against Slavia. <laughs> So I, I don't know if is this going to be a moment. They have to show it to me. I, I can't 
I don't know what to predict with this Roma. We can see a game like Slavia. We can see a game like Empoli, like I always say, or we could see a game like yesterday. I don't know what to predict. The only thing I, I am seeing with this team, what they're defining, who they are, is they seem to always come back in games and make sure you watch until the end. It's not um, the Fonseca and the Francesco years, especially Fonseca. Love them as a coach, but to me, when he was down a goal, I think most of the time the game's over. In this team, it's definitely not. So that's one thing they're showing us, but can they keep the level of consistency? That's something I don't know because they haven't haven't really shown it. There is a never-say-die attitude in this team, isn't there? Absolutely. Especially this season. There is leaders as well. I don't know if you saw the picture of Gianluca Mancini. It panned him. He was subbed off, whereas they switched it around and brought more. I saw he brought on an extra midfielder and took Cristante back and gave. Was it Pellegrini that came on? Pellegrini, yes, he came on. Yeah, so the camera. I think after the second goal, the camera pans to Mancini. There was in their added added time in the seven. In a half minutes, that just went on forever and ever. Mancini's barking at the players. He's literally barking, giving players orders. I think he was giving orders to Celic, who came on and played left wing back, which meant Al Sharari, who was who did come on and moved a little bit further forward to um, Lukaku. But there is leaders in this team also. But there is this never say die attitude where time after time after time, as the stat you said, Roma score goals late. They did it time and time again. They've done it in, is it three successive Serie A? Four, three out of the last four Serie A games, like Lecce, two late goals in the 90th minute. Was it 90 plus one and 90 plus three? And then you got the goals against Udinese last week, which were quite late. Uh, And then you got the two late goals yesterday. We don't talk about the Rome derby because it was a shit show, <laughs> in all honesty. I know people saying it was one of the worst derbies, but watch the 2005 one. Um, the the one that ended nil-nil, uh, and both teams survived. Um, but I like what I'm seeing in this Roma team now. There's leaders, they're fighting for each other, and they've got this never-say-die attitude, which is all I want. I think that's what all what. Roma want you play for the you play for the badge on the shirt and you get the rewards at the end and Roma are in fourth <laughs> in Serie A and I didn't expect that after the Genoa defeat in late September. Yeah, like you like you said, it seems like they're all playing for the badge and they're also um, besides just being leaders, they're so passionate, do everything to get the result. You mentioned Mancini. I'm glad you brought him up. Another example is, did you see the Dybala cameo? How nervous he was sitting on that bench. On the, t- yeah, on the bench, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's somebody who really, that seems like that attitude, that characteristic, you see it on the on the screen. Okay, it's someone who like is, is seeming like he'll do anything and will die for this team. And same thing with, like you mentioned, Mancini. He was barking orders. Like, they'll do anything to win. That's it. That's part of the game and what you need, especially for a type of team like Roma who aren't, who have talent, but aren't the most talented and they have limitations. So I'm glad they're all fighting for each other. And even Scott, if you see not even just the players, I, I, I even think the staff are doing it for each other too. The way Pinto came out and defended Mourinho was, uh, was absolutely uh, brilliant about how it's enough with the, uh, the referees because of the investigation. And then Mourinho doing Mourinho things, which was the funniest thing ever. He does the uh, post-game interview in Portuguese. Yeah, I laughed. I completely laughed because I understood it right away. I understood it right away. So for those who don't know, he did the post-game interview in Portuguese. Half a dozen. Yes, exactly. He did it in Portuguese using a translator uh, because his pre-match press conference, uh, people are always taking his words, twisting them around, and he was being investigated for the words yeah, he made the ref. So yeah, he said, he said about Barati also. Exactly. So because he can express himself uh, the way, I guess, he feels like in Italian, and he's not doing it so that they understand, he, he, he did it in his native tongues, which was... So I just found that completely hilarious. 
Um, so yeah, back to the player, Scott. Again, they're all playing um, for the Badger. It seems like every single one. Look at even Asmoon, the end of the game. Uh, I think he was having uh, just some fun out there with, I believe it was Mancini. Um, uh, and him too, it was just... It was just great to see. I'm liking more and more what I see with those, like you mentioned, with those pockets of space. And he seems like a different player from the one who played in Leverkusen. Like, he's really trying his best as well. He should have an assist, too, to uh, Lukaku, by the way. Um, brilliant pass. Just, uh, yeah, just they seem to all um, want to make want to do everything for this team. And they're finding the roles, which is nice. Like, even Chelik is finding a role. I, I like, you know, bring him on late games if he doesn't start to help. Uh, shut close down the game. Yeah, close close the game. The... You're finding roles for different players. Same with Asmoon. You need more creativity. You need more link-up play. You're going to bring him on. You need more energy. You have Bove, Pellegrini, and, you know, in that case. So we didn't even use Awar Sanchez. So the team is coming together, and they're figuring themselves out. The only, obviously, the only area, well, the wing-backs will always be an area of concern, but they have the players. It's just, it's that's a matter of quality. The only area which... You know, people might may doubt is obviously center back because we're we're very limited in that spot. But overall, the team is finding himself and knowing what they need to do on the pitch, and they're leaving it all out there, which is wonderful to see. After the um, what would you say the mediocre start to the season, or just a very slow sluggish start to the season? Very slow and sluggish. Yeah, sluggish. Yeah, I think Roman's performances have got better since the Genoa game. Um, the result, have. the results have been a lot better. You do get the odd momentary blip when Leandro Paredes decides to play a short ball out from the butt yesterday, and then Uros Racic just nearly scores from about oh. twenty yards out. I could have thrown the remote control up my, my t- the TV downstairs. I was, but... I was very close, Scott. <laughs> you, you. Put all this hard work. To be honest, Paredes did play well yesterday, and he has done in the last couple of games uh, after a slow start. But just don't when a team is sort of pressed, not pressing, but they're going for an equaliser. Don't do something stupid to put the hard work that you've put in in the previous eighty-five to ninety minutes to get the game back to two-one to, to yourself, and then just do a stupid shit pass from the back, especially that there's ten men. Yeah, with ten men. Um, I was a little bit disappointed in Sassuolo. I thought they would have turned up and do what their normal Sassuolo things, what they do against Roma. I think this is... Roma have not won there for a long while. I think it was the end of the 2017-18 season, if if my memory serves me right, when Mana last scored. Um, And they haven't beaten them overall in, I think it's two years. Yeah, is that... uh, Because they lost last season at home 4-3. And drew away. It drew, yeah, the, the infamous Rick Carstop game. <laughs> and then they drew 2-2 uh, February last year when Cristante scored right near the end. And I think, was it Easter in the COVID season where they drew 2-2? Bruno Perez scored, I think it was. Uh, it, someone will be listening to this and just thinking... When, when was the last time we won there? But I think, if my memory serves right, it's the end of this seventeen eighteen season. So it's been a while. Um, also, did you know today is the seven-year anniversary? I know we've probably got off the tangent a little bit. It's the seven-year anniversary of the 2-0 derby win. Yes, the water bottle game. The infamous water bottle game. Do you know that's the last time Roma won an away game against Lazio? Yeah, I know, and unfortunately, uh, when you put that out, it just reminded me. So I put my head down. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. That might get PTSD for a lot of people, <laughs> and it will be many years to come because the away game is gone, and it's the home game. I think it's April next year, but it's April. Roma, yeah, April seventh. Yeah, all yeah, oh, ten days before my birthday. Um, Roma have done pretty well to get to top four. The league's looking quite good now. On Serie A as a whole, I watched the Bologna game. Great to see a goalkeeper getting a penalty in the 95th minute. Wonderful. Brought back <laughs> just typical Serie A. And it went to VAR after an offside call, which was never offside. Um, can Roma maintain this? I know it's early doors. We're, what, 14, 15 games in. We're still just un- under 
is it just under or just over a third away from the season? So can they maintain it? There's going to be a lot of bumps in the road. This next three, four Serie A games before the, the winter break. I say winter break. It's not a winter break this year because they're playing up until, was it the 30th of December? Is yeah, it make or break? Is it make or break, those sort of games? Pretty much because we're playing all the teams around us. Look, I, yeah. I'm not going to deny it or not speak about it, Scott. Um, what what always angered me and bothered me with the slow start of the season is the teams we drop points to. We haven't played uh, too many of the big, let's say, giants or the giant killers. To me, a giant killer is like Bologna. Um, we play all these teams now coming up. So although, yes, we're fourth, if you take a look at Napoli, to me, Napoli, I, I'm pretty sure they've played um, more trickier opponents than we have so far. I'm just looking at Napoli. Obviously, other teams that will as well. Where us, we play most of them, which we're talking about, Atalanta, Bologna. People forget Fiorentina, but that's Thank next you. week. Uh, Napoli and uh, Juventus. So that ends the year. Yeah, exactly. Plus, we start with Milan next year. So yeah. we play we, we out of the big teams. To me, Lazio have been on poor form. So that was the tie. And then the two Milan clubs. So we still have, you know, a lot of big games come up. And it's all teams around us. Fiorentina are just behind us. Uh, Atalanta, who are presently losing, are just behind us. So it's... It's tough. I'm. I think we have a tougher schedule to end the year. But if we can somehow stay within distance of fourth place, uh, I'm talking within three points by the end of December or by the end of even the Milan game in in January. Uh, January I will definitely like our chances more. I'm with you. I think they just got to keep this consistency of a run going. Just yes, they do. People yeah. forget, Scott, next week is a, it's a very, very uh, tricky game. Like I've listened to other podcasts or people talk about the the first thing, they're, they're I don't know what's on their mind. They focus on their mind, which is going to be a tough game is Bologna away. But people are forgetting. I know Fiorentina uh, is at home. Yeah. It's hard. It's it's not going to be an easy game. Fiorentina. There'll be goals. There'll be goals because Fiorentina be can't defend. They cannot defend. No, they cannot defend. Money. They know how to put pressure on you. I know a lot of times they don't score. But if you look at the matches they lost, uh, this is this is not statistic. This is this is from the eyeball test. If you look at the game they lost against Milan, they should have never lost that game. If it wasn't for Mike Magnon, if they played that same game against Roma, Magic they Mike. would win that. They would win that game because Patricio isn't making the saves Mike Magnon is making. It's just to say, Fiorentina are extremely tough to play against. We do have a good record against them at home, but again, never take them lightly. Same with Bologna away. The week after, it's Bologna away. And again, it's not a team I want to face away ever, uh, Bologna. They're just tough to face. Juventus has been through it. Juventus should have lost. They are a tough team to face. So again, it's going to be a really, really hard schedule. But if we can keep within three points by the end of that Milan game in January, I'll be more than happy. And I think it will give us a you know, it give us a pretty fair chance at fourth, even third, the way Milan are playing, because Milan are not playing well at all. So they've got no defenders at the moment. Tia Hernandez played no, at center back on exactly. Saturday. Exactly. Tio Hernandez was playing center. But again, it all starts uh, next week on Fiorentina. I hope they can, you know, start off on the right foot with this tough schedule. We we got the games we're supposed to win out of the way. Now let's start on uh, they play yeah they play the tenth yeah they play the tenth so they play on my birthday next week oh yeah December tenth so hopefully I can get a a nice birthday gift I just want a Roma win I don't even want any material presents I really just want Roma to win that game to start us off on the right foot for that hard schedule coming up so when we potentially do a pod December the eleventh it could be a good birthday or a bad birthday. Pretty much. Yeah, to be honest, it doesn't really matter if, if if a football team lets your birthday down. You're a year older, you're with friends, you're with family, and you get to have cake. That is true. But uh, Roma, you know, Roma would be the nice cherry on the top. <laughs> so Roma, Roma are away, away at Udinese three days before my birthday. They're at home to Bologna three days after my birthday. So I might try and go out 
to a game next year, either that one or the Genoa game, last home game of the season. So that's, that's nice to have before, uh, like the you know the temperature is nice because for me to go during my birthday in December, Scott, I don't know. It's... Don't, don't go in December; it's bloody cold. <laughs> exactly. I'd rather I if if I'm gonna go away. In the winter, Scott, especially the winter we get in Canada, I just told you today we got 30 centimeters of snow. My car was buried in snow. I couldn't even see it until I started to shovel. So if I'm going to go somewhere away in the winter, I'm going to go to a warmer climate. So I I always keep going to Italy for, you know, either spring or uh, late summer. Yeah. Don't go in August. (laughs) I go if I go, it's end of August, like the complete yeah. end, like the last last week where it starts to. It's still hot, but then September, uh, you know, the second third week of vacation, it starts to cool a little bit, mm. so it's not too bad. But I know it's very very hot. Uh, before we wrap up, do you have anything else to add? Maybe you quivering about Italy's chances in the Euros and potentially could get knocked out by Scotland. <laughs> I don't even think they're going to make it, Scott. To be honest, <laughs> I. Well, look, I'll I'll be realistic. Um, I do think having um, Spalletti has helped Italy, uh, definitely. Mm. Um, Croatia always plays Italy tough. The thing with Croatia, though, they're an aging team. Aging team, yeah. Exactly. Their Gvardio uh, is a is a great player, a great up and comer, but other than him, their main their main. Uh, like that's sorry, their best players are all aging, which is their midfield. Besides Kovacic, Luka Modric is literally he could he could have a cigar, pipe and slippers on, and he'd still be the best player on the pitch by miles. He the would. guy is, he, is he a phenomenal. Would. It just at one point age will catch up where you can see yeah. he's probably already slowing down a little bit, but age will catch up completely. So we'll have to see by next uh by next year, well by the summer, sorry, what happens with him because him and Brozovic to me, Brozovic, I have not seen how he's done in Saudi, but I cannot already with Inter, he started to slow down. That was their biggest thing. Croatia was their midfield. Uh, and Kovacic is on and off with city. doesn't really play regularly. So there might be a chance against Croatia against Spain. Scott, the way our style is the way Italy style is. I never liked their matchup against Spain, even though they beat him in the year in the, um, in the Euros, the last time, yeah, 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 Spain outplayed Italy. Uh, I hate to say it, but Spain outplayed Italy. It's they have a type of system which, first of all, it uh, it annoys me to watch because you never have the ball if you're a fan of the opposing team. Yeah, but they always play uh, Italy very, very tough. Spain, it's just it's just a tough style for Italy to play. So we'll see. I I think Spain will end top. It's gonna be a battle between Croatia and um, and Italy for a second spot in that group. Well, Scotland beat Spain at Hamden two 0 in March, and they got at them. Um, they should have got something at the game in Seville if it wasn't for a let's say a dodgy refereeing decision. But I'm really looking forward to the Euros this year, Scotland. Uh, Germany to start off on uh, June the 14th, which is quite, it's a, a poignant day because that's a year and a day after my dad's death. And I would love, I have a feeling, I'm going to say it now on the 4th of December 2023, Scotland will get a, a result against Germany. I, I have yeah, a feeling. Yeah, I can predict that. I have a feeling. You guys have McTominay too, Scott. We don't. Oh, so like when Scott, we play Scott Spain. Scott, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> We can use McTominay against uh, Spain, definitely. But no, no. I, I think you guys can get a result for sure. I'm really looking forward to it because um, oh, if anyone watched the World Cup in 06, German stadiums are amazing. And I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of good football, I think, because the season's finished a little bit earlier this year. I think that each coach of the national team will have a good couple of weeks of preparation. But... We'll have to wait and see. Um, before we wrap up, I have one more thing to say. You haven't talked about a certain Brazilian team in a long while. They're 15th and they've got one game left of the season and they could still potentially get relegated. And they lost 3 now to Atletico Paranaense in Victor Roque's last game. Yeah, so I, I've, I've still kept up with them. I hope they get relegated because I don't think we're getting... Uh, I don't think, think Ramo anymore. Will... No, so, I, I think he'll be in the Premier League next season. 
Probably another missed opportunity. I didn't want to bring it up, Scott. It's another depressing moment that we're not getting a player we're very close to. So it is what it is. Hopefully, get relegated as a at least as a as a gift for not getting us Leonardo in the summer. So, so the games are like I think the games are Thursday night UK time, and they're away at Fortaleza. I was keeping abreast of it because Botafogo have done the most. They've done a Borussia Dortmund and absolutely fucked it oh yeah they did <laughs> and it's it was it was they they've had some to be honest they've had some questionable var decisions go against them and their owner is it, it john, draw, like five straight scott five six thinks, straight? think so isn't their own is it john texter or text uh the he's he's owner of leon as well yes that's right and they've totally screwed. We've we're not turning into the Brazilian podcast. You can listen to some good Brazilian football podcasts. The I think it is the Smoking Snake. I'll have a quick look. I have I have listened to them. They do an in depth roundup on Brazilian. But with this, there is like stuff going on because Roma were after Marcus Leonardo and Nisa Santos. And they are struggling. Uh, yeah, smoking snake. They do Brazilian football, um, so it looks like it's going to be Palmeiras to win. Um, but Santos could be relegated, and a lot of pl- uh, a lot of clubs could be going after him because uh, he won't be playing Serie B football in Brazil. So it no, could be interesting. Pimenta um, Scott, his agent, said that it's time for him to move in the in the their winter market uh even if they yeah. don't get relegated but i don't see how they get relegated scott i know there's a chance but uh Bahia is the only team that can pass them and they play atletico minero who's second okay. and atletico minero is going to do everything possible to win that game because you know if palmeras uh loses they have some chance i don't know if it's head-to-head or goal difference but i'm sure minero will try their best to, to get that win to at least level them on points. So we'll see. I don't think Santos get relegated, but regardless, I think Leonardo is going to be uh, moving um, in the winter. Yeah, I reckon it's either Spain or England. Yeah, yeah, probably. Because I tried to buy him on Football Manager and he went to Tottenham for 20 million. Oh, I hope he, uh, hope he goes to a, a likable team. I, I, I'd like to see him maybe on an Aston Villa. That would be nice. Like a well, team like that. Talking about Aston Villa, Zaniolo's turning into a flop. And I wonder oh, if he'll go back to Galatasaray. Scott, did you see the video? I actually retweeted. I said, did you see the video that's gone a little viral about one fan talking about Zaniolo, of how he doesn't like him and how bad he is? If oh, you I have haven't. Not seen... I'll okay, check I'll... it out later. <laughs> I'll send it to you. The comments of Aston Villa fans on Zaniolo it is absolutely hysterical of how bad they think he is. It is so fun. I will send you the video, Scott. I, I watched it a few times. I couldn't help to laugh. I think we got a. I think we stole stole a deal out of Galatasaray. Probably we're so yeah. worried. We're actually so happy about people paying his release clause and getting a little more money. I don't even think that's going to happen. No, uh, like on my football manager game. Spoiler alert: He tore his cruise ship for the third time. And he's gone oh, back wow. to Galatasaray. So. Um, yeah, uh, we won't talk about my football manager save because <laughs> I don't want it to bore people on that. But I did sell Lorenzo Pellegrini for fifty-two million to Barcelona. Now that is a manager. That is a manager. <laughs> well, he was in the final year of his contract. He wasn't going to renew, so I just thought, no, you're gonna, you, you're gonna go. Might get uh, haters, but you have my approval. I like Pellegrini, but fifty-two million if you yeah. can reinvest properly. Joao yeah. Neves from. Is it Jao Neves from Sporting? Uh, Benfica is on my Benfica. on my wish list. Yeah, um, but I talk about the football manager say for, for another podcast. Um, do you have anything else to add, Joey? Yeah, Scott. I don't know if you're keeping up. The final thing I'll mention is since we did a round of Serie A, Torino are playing Atalanta right now. It's, it's uh, one nil. Is it still one nil? Yeah, Duvan. it's still one nil. Do you see? Um, do you see who scored the goal for Torino? Duvan. Duvan. Yeah. Crazy. He, uh, he scored against Roma, a uh, team he was supposed to go to, and he scored against his former club. It's, 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 yeah, his it's, it's former club. Um, I think we've got an interesting race going on in Serie A. This could be quite do. interesting. There's no easy games, really. There's not an easy game. Even the Lazio game, which we didn't talk about, they won, but a 10-man quality 
oh. through the game. Oh, I nearly got out of my seat when I nearly scored right at the end twice. Providale pulling off a great save, but yeah. Um, we'll probably go more in depth on Serie A in our next pod because I do like to talk about Serie A because Roma are in Serie A and it, it, they're doing quite well at the moment. But yeah, um, but fourth, we're doing well. Fingers crossed. Touch wood. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Um, guys, you can follow us at themagicast.com. You can find our previous... 229 episodes on the website and you can follow us on all Apple no not all Apple podcasts all podcast platforms including Apple Spotify etc etc and as Spotify wrapped come out last uh, last Thursday was it last Thursday or Wednesday uh, either or it was sometime either last or. week my numbers were ridiculous. I think I let I listened to seventeen thousand minutes of podcasts, but our numbers have grown. We've grown, and I just want to say a big, massive thank you to everyone who has listened, commented, retweeted, and stuff like that, and gave us feedback. I think we're at four point three on Spotify on our ratings, which is is really good. So it makes me happy, and that I'm happy that this podcast has grown. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys. I uh, really appreciate the. Uh the growth that La Magicast has. And I'm glad I've been a part of it for the, uh, I'm up to about a year now. And the, the ratings that you sent me, Scott, I I can't thank the fans enough for, you know, being able to make us grow and listening to us babble on about the Serie A and just obviously Roma and just a lot of other crazy things that happen. So thank you everyone who listened to us and keep listening, keep subscribing. It means the world of us. Thanks again. There is also other Roma podcasts out there. We're not in a battle. There's some good. There's no, good I listen to them, Scott. I enjoy them. I Same. always interact with them. I enjoy them as much as doing ours. So, uh, oh, hats off to them as well. We'll give out a shout out to John, Mister Solano, for keep wearing those wonderful shirts and those videos. Him and Andy <laughs> do. They're, they always, him and Andy always talk about their appearance of how people. <laughs> We're disappointed. John always, I don't know, he makes me laugh. I hope John listens to this one day. He makes me laugh when he does the intros of how people did not picture him the way he is and with those oh, shirts. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I'm glad, I'm glad how they bring that about. And they do just such a great job over at Roma Press. Yeah. So I so talk Ro- to them. Roma Press, Chiesa de Totti. We are, we're part of a group. We're doing well. Roma doing well. When Roma do well, we, we unite as a family, but guys just thank you so much for joining um we'll be back next monday because there's no there's no game for roma in midweek there is coppa italia i think there's a couple of coppa italia games as well uh there's premier league action this week as well uh, and then you've got the busy pre-festive football so what is there there's europa league next week more Serie A. is it three more rounds of Serie A after next week and then you've got the the week off then it's the new year, Copper Italia. Football never stops. It just keeps going and going and going. And we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll be reviewing the game against Fiorentina and then previewing the game against the Sheriff Tiraspol from Moldova in the final group game of the Europa League this season. Um, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your football. Enjoy life. And uh, we'll speak soon. Ciao. Ciao. Thank you.